Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone, to the close of the Raimi trilogy for superhero stuff you should know. This is Spider-Man 3, and with me is... That's not written, but I'm going to write in uh, Andrew Jazz Fingers <laughs> Bush. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Shitty-ass jazz <laughs> that no one gives a fuck about. Everyone's uh, favorite jazz sequence. From the top to my camera, uh, it's not set up since the Japan World Heroes Convention. So that's why my camera looks different from this episode, everybody. And if you're listening orally, you don't give a fuck about that. So let's get to it. <laughs> they don't see a difference. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we have uh, a lot of concept art to go through for Spider-Man 3. As usual, it's going to be mostly on the villains. But there's a few, uh, you know, interesting alternate scenes or alternate looks at things uh, that Dan included in here for us to uh, look over. So uh, we'll have uh, plenty to talk about for this one. Out of the three, I think, well, I know that it's been a while since you've watched these movies, but, like, out of the three for me, this is the one that I'm least familiar with. I've seen one and two countless times. Spider-Man 3, I've mainly maybe seen twice in my whole life. That's about it. It's not because I hate it. It's just compared to the other two, it's the weakest of the three. I think most people agree uh, for that, so it's, that's probably why, but, uh, if I make any mistake here and say that there's something that's not in the movie that actually is, forgive me, but I'm pretty sure certain, some of these things, I'm right in terms of it not being in the movie, so, uh, let's dive in. Yeah, they keep doing Venom wrong, so there's that. <laughs> Started with this, but first, uh, let's talk about Harry Osborn. So, for whatever reason, they decided, hey, like, Harry becomes the new Goblin, which is cool, and it's in the comics, but they decided not to carry over any sort of goblin aesthetic into the new goblin. And unfortunately, Boom. I can't convey that, hey, there's some secret concept art of him in a goblin mask or anything like that, because none of it's like that. It all seems to be just tactical gear, him embracing the military aspect of it, but no like goblin mask on it. So we've got a lot of stiff stuff like this where he's just kind of a dude with weapons, unfortunately. Right. That's just kind um, of boring. He's got I know, right? Uh, maybe it's supposed to be like a prototype sort of thing or them playing around with what the rest of the costume looks like. I mean, the actual costume itself, like my only issue is the lack of goblin stuff, so it could have easily been fixed with just a mask. Like it, everything else from the neck down doesn't necessarily have to uh, be that uh, goblin-like. But here we got uh, kind of three blades on his forearm uh, that kind of is a little bit <laughs> reminiscent of uh, other characters. Uh, but uh, it's a lot of straps here. He's got kind of like a collar thing stucking up, and obviously it's uh, James Franco's likeness here, but this is by, uh, let me see, who is this by? This is by E.J. Chrysor, is the concept artist on this, and uh, Chrysor's style is going to be apparent throughout a lot of this. I believe Chrysor uh, is only on Spider-Man 3, was not on the first two, and so this black-and-white sketch style is going to be apparent throughout, and it's pretty cool. 
cool drawing, but just not like cool for Spider-Man. Yeah. If it was just like, oh, this is James Franco as some action hero dude. I'm like, all right, fine. But as like the goblin, you're like, could have gone with something else. So uh, a little bit closer to what we would see in the movie, especially on the right, where it's mainly just the mask from the nose down and then the goggles. Again, there's nothing goblin-like about this. It just looks uh, like a ninja, kind of. I know, but that's what they went with for this. Uh, again, E.J. Chrysler, uh for this. So, Dude, I've only seen this got. movie once in the theater, mm-hmm. and I wish I forgot. What was, what was the release date on this? 2007. I saw this in Japan, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Uh, I don't know. I remember... So I was dating a girl at the time, and she loved the first two. They were her favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And then she hated this one. <laughs> she couldn't stand it, because she didn't like Tobey Maguire being evil. She didn't know much anything about the comics, I don't think. But it was just the evil, spidey mm-hmm. stuff that, that turned her off. But uh, uh, that's my main just memory. To- of the movie. Yeah. It is, it was a creative risk, I think, to uh, make Peter more selfish in this one, uh, even before he gets a hold of the symbiote. You know, like he's already kind of in that mode and like the, the Venom stuff sort of tips the scales even more, sort of makes him more angry, though also makes him ridiculous too at the same time <laughs> when he's Peter Parker and he's got the emo hairstyle. So, um, a lot of controversial opinions there, but I think it's it's one of those where there were too many cooks the, in the emo kitchen. swoop, yeah, yeah, that emo swoop, yeah, that's right. But it's <laughs> it is it is the it is that ten minute sequence that does make the rest of the movie notorious, even though it is only in ten minutes of the movie. Uh, Who because, is the sweet fuck thought that was a good idea? Well, clearly Sam Raimi. Raimi thought <laughs> and, the, and the writers evil Peter Parker. Wanted to fucking dance to jazz? What in that? I just what in the fuck, dude? <laughs> Raimi has made so many amazing decisions his entire life. I think he wanted well, to sabotage to make this movie. Ones. He was he wanted to sabotage this movie, dude. This is the only only uh, way I can think of it. Because he hated having Venom in there. Yeah, yeah. This was like uh, passive aggressivism. He was like, I'm going to make this one suck, so I don't have to do any more of them. Well. We will be covering the Spider-Man 4 that he was thinking of that he, maybe he was trying to make up for Spider-Man 3. Uh, Another j- whole jazz movie. <laughs> La La Land with Kate. It's all going to be a musical. This predates yeah. Joker 2, Foley Adu. Uh, but, oh, yeah, uh, right, this is, right. This is uh, one where I think the strength of this movie, I think, are in the themes. In Peter's redemption and in embracing the idea of having to let go of the revenge that you kind of need, especially with... Um, Especially with what we'll end up seeing in No Way Home, right? Like, I think it's uh, it, it sort of ties in. It fits so well. I rewatched all the Spider-Man movie before we got to No Way Home, and uh, I was I just it jumped in my mind. You know, your favorite part where Toby stops the the glider, he stops Tom Holland from killing Willem Dafoe. That's uh, the standout that scene, look. bro. Yeah, it's the standout scene, and and I think somebody edited the scene from Spider-Man Three of Aunt May uh, talking about how revenge doesn't solve anything to him. Oh, uh, well, that's it's, good. It's because of, you know, I, I think there's a resonance to that scene, not just because of Toby being the most nostalgic Spider-Man out of that three, but also because of what he had to learn, and Spider-Man 3 kind of contributes to that, whether that was intentional in No Way Home or not. Uh, but it resonated to me when I saw it because I had just recently rewatched Spider-Man 3 leading up to that movie and was thinking about that and 
it's no surprise that other fans got onto that and sort of like re-edited, you know, Spider-Man three flashbacks. Uh, you give this movie sequence. what out of ten? Because like, let's say you give, let's say you give the first one a ten, the second mm-hmm. one a nine. Yeah. What's what's this one? Close to like a seven. That high, man. Seven, I eight. remember. I I man, we'll get back to the art in a second, mm-hmm. but I we don't rem- reminisce about this movie that much. So I just wanted to say. I did kind of like how he stuck the, you know, the the poles in the ground at the end and used the venom. sound yeah. vibration to stop to stop venom. That's mm-hmm. like that in the jazz scene. I swear to you, it's the only shit I remember from this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a goddamn thing else in the whole fucking movie. Um, but I, I remember liking that. I thought that was mm-hmm. okay. That was a good mm-hmm. way to a good fun. That's a fun way to fight the boss, and it's not because it wasn't like a punch. It wasn't even a web shooter thing. It was like just really cool how he lined up all the bars and then mm-hmm. fucking did the vibration thing. So that was and a lot using of fun. his wits, yeah, using his wits. A lot, I thought that was great. That was so fun. Yeah. No, I think I think it is it is the weakest for sure out of the trilogy. But other than it is obviously overcrowded. Uh, they should have saved Eddie Brock becoming Venom for another movie and just made it about his revenge stuff of Sandman and the whole revenge stuff being with Harry, like, that is already fitting into the theme. You don't need, like, another guy wanting revenge on Peter at the same time. Uh, yeah. So that was obviously kind of, it muddled it, and we know that there was studio interference for that. Uh, but overall, uh, it is one where I, I really liked how they twisted the expectations of it. It feels like it's such a happy ending with Peter and MJ together at the end of Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3, like, explores the complications uh, of that. Mm. It explores, like, what happens when you know, the, it's it's that classic dynamic that happens when, like, two actors end up dating, but, like, one gets more famous than the other type of thing. It, it's it's mm. with Peter dealing with Spider-Man and that being more popular than MJ's own career where she's, you know, getting shafted out of different plays and, and like, he doesn't even notice because he's so focused on all the Spider-Man stuff. And, and I, I thought that was an interesting risk as well as, like, kind of making him a little bit more selfish, a little bit more unlikable even before he ends up getting connected to the symbiote because of how angry he is about uh, all the stuff about Uncle Ben's killer finally being found. I didn't really like that retcon, but I got thematically why they had to do it. And they also just needed to deepen Sandman because, you know, the Sandman's just a fucking, he's just a dude who turned into sand, <laughs> more or less. So, like, they needed wow. to find some way to deepen him. So they just had to, they had to kind of add that as well as the elements with, you know, his daughter uh, to make him a little bit more, sympathetic and and it leads to a lot of i think some powerful moments whether it's peter forgiving him or harry forgiving him in his final moments that uh i think the themes really are are what strength that to me before before no way home it was still the raimi trilogy on top even after the garfield movies and the first two tom holland ones i still consider spider-man 3 better than those no way home is better than spider-man you think 3. spider-man 3 is better than the first tom holland ones yeah, yeah. wow no, so I, for sure we're gonna get some I, comments about this <laughs> or maybe people agree people, with me because i don't people, that a lot of people worship people worship the holland films and I, look they're good i like them but i think that they don't really get stellar till the third one the like third they're, just, the they're just they're just yeah one and two Look, you can send me comments too. You can direct the comments to me if you want. <laughs> right. Everybody sucks Spider-Man's dick. This whole like all over the internet, like Holland's Holland's dick. 
Mm-hmm. We're just talking. This is a joke, by the way. Let me just spell that out for the internet. <laughs> it's a, it's a metaphor. They worship at his feet. He is an adult, uh, so don't worry. He's an adult now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so um, at least it's spelled out for the internet now. So anyway, mm-hmm. they sucked his dick a lot, and I was like, I wasn't in line to suck his dick. I liked it. They're good. They're they're very good. But like, they're not. I don't know. It just felt it felt it felt overrated. They did feel overrated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, third one, and, third one deserves all the kudos. I agree, I agree. But yeah, like Homecoming, I feel like, I, unless it's Keaton or Downey on screen, I was just not into it. Uh, I thought Far <laughs> From Home was better, more like more engaging, but like all the tech spy stuff just didn't feel like Spider Man to me. It was a decent movie, but mm. it just didn't feel that much. And then you get to this, this third one where I went in very skeptical because I'm just like, I don't know. If all these rumors are fucking true where you got all these characters, I don't know how the fuck they're going to pull this off. And then, you know, you hear all the great reviews and great hype, and you're just like, okay, maybe they will pull this off. And then you watch it, and you're like, god damn, they pulled it off. They <laughs> like fucking did. And you get that stern-ass look from McGuire <laughs> at the end. Yeah. <laughs> McGuire saves this movie, babe. No, he didn't save it because it was good all the way through, but he has the highlight because he's he kind of the, the OG. He's kind of the OG at this point. The other highlight, of course, is when um, Garfield saves the girl yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, man, it was moving, dude. I was actually kind of moved by that. Me too. Uh, yeah. I, I want Garfield to come back. Fuck the internet. Amazing, <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man 1 is legit good. Number two, you can shit on it all you want. I get it. It's not that. It's not it's as good. It's still the best but... part of the second one anyway. Like, it, he it, was always... Dude, you're right. always one he of the is. strengths. Fucking Amazing Spider-Man 1. This is another hot take. We're going to have them all this episode. Just get used sure, to the internet. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 1 is at least better than Holland number 2. And maybe even better than Holland number 1 for my money. I fucking liked that movie. Okay. I thought it was okay. But I'm not... Again, I'm more of an X-Men fan when it comes mm-hmm. to Marvel. So please, you know, I'm. I wasn't... Zach always said it. The characterization was wrong, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess I wasn't too familiar with the characterization. Too much going in. Anyway, uh, man, it's kind of fun talking about this because I feel like you can have more hot takes with Spider-Man. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want to get think, back? I think Garfield, uh, Andrew Garfield, is. I think he's the best actor of the three. He's not necessarily my favorite of the Spider-Men, right. but I think he's the best actor out of the three actors. For sure, uh, just so like he was always the strength. I think of those of those two movies, and then easily, easily. obviously started stealing the show once he showed up in, in No Way Home. So oh yeah, uh, you know, easily he's, he's yeah it, it wasn't his fault. You know, a lot of people consider him to be the one who like had a lot of potential, but got sort of like fucked over in the creative processes that were happening, especially with that second one. People, we say this all the time on the podcast. Actors mm-hmm. are very rarely the reason the movie's bad. It's usually a lot of other things. Yeah. So. But Sarah, they're the ones they, who get punished for it. You know, whenever they do a reboot, they end up uh, replacing them, as we've been seeing. You know, at least. We've definitely been seeing recently with Superman. At that, yeah. At that level, though, yeah. At that level, though, at least they have so much money, you just don't even worry about them. You know? Yeah, they might, I mean, you but, also just. You know, whatever. Who can say that they're Spider-Man and have been Spider-Man in the movies? Yeah. It's very rare. Yeah. So, uh, moving further, we have some interesting illustrations that were meant to be alternate takes. So 
This was meant to depict uh, how they would shoot the funeral scene for Harry Osborne if they were to shot it in a New York cemetery. They were also considering a Los Angeles cemetery, and this is what it would look like. So this is actually literal concept art of like, well, here's where we shoot it in New York, and here's where we shoot it in L.A. It's just like almost the same. It's more green in L.A., right? Yeah. Um, and then there's also more, I guess, coverings under the uh, awnings. Right. You know, here. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't... I'd have to actually take a look and see which one they shot it at because I'm not sure where they actually did shoot it at uh, right. in the movie. But it is interesting to see that like they they do these concept arts to to determine location, or at least not maybe not to determine the location, but like if it were this location, here's how it would look, and so they would kind of have an idea either way, whichever one they pick. Right. You think they would want to make it consistent with the first movie though, because he's you know you do have Norman's grave here too which is featured at the end of the first Spider-Man. But I guess no, they weren't really thinking too much about it, or only nerds like us would really give a shit about that. So Nobody was. That's probably why. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so we get more from Chrysler on this. This is Venom, of course. Uh, the idea being that uh, it would still carry over some of the webbing uh, that we saw on the Spider-Man suit when it became part of Eddie. That, of course, is not on the traditional uh, Venom look in the comics. Uh, and then more from here of the these are, Grace version. These are really cool, dude. I, I'm, yeah, they I'm are. A fan, I'm a fan <laughs> of these for sure. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, and as you can see, some of these are like scarier looks than what we would end up seeing in the movie. Like, I don't think we really got a shot like this in the movie. We definitely got like Topher Grace's face when you know the symbiote would like kind of go back and reveal his face, but it was never like this. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, yeah, it's cool. These are all sweet. Yeah. McGuire Spidey trying to fight it off towards the end. Uh, so these are all like really dark looks that fit the you know darker tone of this one. Uh, Sandman, different faces for Sandman. I guess under different versions of how it would look like with the sand. Dude, uh, no offense to him, but he'd be he'd be the first I would just nix, like in, in a re, in a redo. We did not need. You him, mean the man. character or the actor? Just from the script. Thomas mm-hmm. Hayden Church, right? Yeah. Like, he seems like a cool dude, you know? But, like, if I was trying to make a better movie in an ideal world, I feel like I would just take take this character out, man. Like, Yeah, but you need someone for Peter to forgive for the whole revenge arc. Have him forgive Eddie Brock somehow. Duh. I need, I need Spidey. <laughs> I need Spidey versus Venom only. That's what I want. Yeah, but I I feel like you need <laughs> another movie for that. Like I just especially cuz by the time Eddie becomes Venom, it's like an hour and 40 minutes into the into this movie. I would even you if change you the whole cut, thing. I mean, even if you I, were to cut I need Sandman, Spidey versus Venom. Most of the movie beforehand isn't even really Spider versus Sandman. It's Spider-Man versus uh, Harry. It's Peter yeah. versus Harry. So I like know, it's, it's just But like, that's also that's more about Harry forgiving him, not him forgiving Harry. Like you kind of need the whole like Someone's got to forgive him, and he's got to forgive someone. I guess so. I don't know, dude. It just, it just wasn't didn't do it for me. The whole thing. I don't know what it was. Well, these are his faces. All right. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> no, it's cool. I and he's great in Twisted Metal too. But uh, and I'm sure he made the most money in his life out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. So good for him. He's him. I'm a jackass on the internet. So there, that is. Uh, 
But anyway, yeah, this is a cool drawing. Big ass yeah, hand. This is when he's uh, emerging from the armored car later on. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, police help us to stop him. Uh, and then, like, a size comparison between Sandman and uh, Big Sandman, which is what we would see towards the end. Mm hmm. That's cool. Setting here also kind of reminds me of No Way Home when we first see him because he's out kind of more in the countryside when Spidey's fighting uh, Electro. Oh, right, right, right. So this kind of felt a little bit uh, foreshadowing to me when I saw this. Uh, more of the battle damage on the mask uh, as we gradually Great. see more and more Toby's face. Pretty cool. Again, mm-hmm. Star is pretty legit with these sketches. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty fucking spot on, really. Yeah. You can't get much better than that. Uh, Topher Grace screaming into the camera so that uh, he could... Could draw the symbiote around him. Uh, what was he famous kind of for? That 70s show. All right. Another, not a hot take, but a hot statement. I've never seen that 70s show. I didn't know who the fuck Topher Grace was going into this movie. I had absolutely no fucking clue. You ever seen that show? Parts of it. Like, parts of, of it, it. But, like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really know him that much other than just the fact that he was on that show. Yeah. I'm, people talk about, look, I miss a lot of these kind of things somehow. I like, it's because I like when I'm into something I'm into like I'm into like really hardcore and I'll forget everything else. So I that's one of those things that went to the wayside for me was that seventies show. And honestly, a lot of sitcoms, dude. I've seen like three Seinfeld episodes. I've I've never seen an episode of Friends. I don't watch that shit, dude. No offense to anybody out there, but yeah, to- everybody was like Topher Grace's Venom. That's bad casting. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? That was. That was my uh, reaction to the casting and everything like that when this movie was dropping. Well, I'm sure when you saw him, you could understand why. Yeah, it was, you know, yeah, it didn't seem quite right. Tom Hardy does, <laughs> arguably is better. Um, maybe he might not be the best, but he's probably better casting overall. I think from like a physical standpoint, right? Physical, like physical standpoint, yeah. like that, that's, the, that's the biggest thing because everyone was like, what the fuck with this? But it, it seems like the main thing was to sort of do like a dark mirror, like a Peter Parker, but evil type of thing because I could right. easily see a universe where Topher Grace played uh, right. Peter Parker and Tobey Maguire played mirror universe, <laughs> you know, Eddie Brock version of this. So I, I think that's what Raimi was going for as a way for him to be interested in the character because he is on record for not being that big of a fan uh, of yeah. it. Uh, He's more Todd Silver McFarlane. Age original Spidey yeah. lover, and Venom came out in late... I thought it was 90s, but it came out in late 80s, right? Mm-hmm. That's when Venom debuted. It yeah. then became popular in the 90s. Yeah. Way more popular. So, this is uh, Todd McFarland, of course, was a big part of it, and he was not a big fan of... Not necessarily Topher Grace, but of the lo- overall look of Venom, because even when... Like the symbiote takes over Topher Grace, he's still like Topher Grace size, and he was just like, "Where's the rest of them?" <laughs> was his, was his <laughs> when he saw Venom. <laughs> I like I like McFarland, man. Some people don't like him, but I, he says some funny shit like that sometimes. I think also when he first drew him, he didn't know that it was supposed to be a guy inside or something. I remember hearing that. Mm. Like he, he was only given a little bit of info. Something like that. Somebody let us know in the comments. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he didn't know there was supposed to be it was supposed to be a suit and or like a symbiote with a with a dude inside of that at first. Mm. He probably found out soon that, after. Yeah. But uh, that's pretty funny though. But yeah, he he's also said some shit about the tongue or something and the teeth and he's McFarlane, oh, yeah. dude. You know he he has the right to say shit about Venom, obviously. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they fix that in Venom Three, which is incredible. They're making that. <laughs> right. uh, 
yeah, I think, dude, he needs to be nasty and scary. I became a huge Venom fan after reading the Donny Cates run. After I saw Venom 2, believe it or not, mm-hmm. I was I was sort of into that movie. And I read, like, five volumes of fucking Donny Cates' run, which is a recent run. But I thought it was great. I got to know Eddie Brock a lot more. And honestly, dude, he's probably my favorite Marvel character after the X-Men. Mm. More than Sp- nice. more than Spider-Man. I don't know. <laughs> I usually like the good guys so more. Hot take. Yeah, I usually like the good guys more. But Eddie Brock Venom, yeah, man, is a fucking cool character. I mm. Something about, I don't know, I just got to know him more through those five volumes. Anyway, this is a very cool drawing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this version of Eddie's a lot more on the villain side, whereas the Tom Hardy version is more on the anti-hero side, at least from what I've seen. I've only really seen him in that No Way Home, you know, mid-credit sequence. I never really... Yeah. I still haven't seen the Venom movies with, with Tom Hardy. For continuing Dude, ju- the hot skip one. <laughs> Straight up, I'm telling you, one, it has some funny, stupid shit in it, but it does not matter. Okay. Just go straight to two. And let us, right. let us know in the comments if you agree with me, but I think you probably will. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it doesn't matter, dude. There is, you know, it's whatever. Okay. There, I'm not, I don't want to waste your time. I want to be like, you got to watch four hours of Venom and when only two hours are good, <laughs> you know? Okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, Let's see. This is from a deleted scene, actually. So this is uh, Sandman's ex-wife and his daughter, Penny, and Sandman forms a sandcastle for her. There are different designs for the sandcastle. This is from uh, James Carson, who had worked on the previous movies, uh, who came up with this concept. Uh, It was, I think, in this park that originally Sandman gets confronted by Eddie Brock about teaming up for the finale, but they changed that in the movie to just them talking in a random alley. Uh, but this was going to be the original sequence here. So, uh, kind of cool uh, to take a look at uh, what could have been for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, more Sandman fighting the cops here from Chrysor. This uh, is very cool shot. Yeah, especially you can see the, the facial expressions, too, uh, on him. So, uh, I always think it's funny when cops, like, shoot at ghosts or shoot at, like, characters like this, like... They don't know what else to do. I know. I guess, I mean, I guess it would be the, your only reaction, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, if it was me, maybe I'd fire one shot and then yeah, fucking, right? just fucking run. They just keep on firing, especially with ghosts. Like, if you can see that mm-hmm. motherfucker is transparent, slightly transparent, I'm fucking running, dude. I don't even need it. Right. Like, I, w- I don't think I'd even shoot. You know that bullet's yeah, going you know through that him? Wo- yeah, that weapon's not going to work. Yeah. Leave it to Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, all right, so more of the uh, the new goblin with his blades on the forearm. Uh, and then these are other designs on the goblin. It looks like they were uh, just playing around more and more with this idea of him mainly being in goggles or some sort of face mask and goggles, but no goblin-esque uh, type of look. The look here, uh, this is also Chrysor, but the look here just feels very bulky uh, and also not very goblin-like. I don't even know. Like, if, if you said this was the turtle for the Flash, I would believe you. Based it on looks just how like, bulky this is. It looks like Solid Snake or something from Metal Gear. Yeah, I guess that too. But this is doesn't scream Goblin at all. No, not at all. This is so boring. I don't know. This is again. Yeah. It's another. It's another instance where I just go, why do they, why do they think this was good? Also, like, why couldn't he have just worn the same costume as Defoe in the first one? Make that motherfucker orange, and fucking like Hobgoblin. Make the Hobgoblin, yeah. For the That's love of God, do it. Yeah. what are we doing here? You want to sell? 
you want to sell more toys and shit, right? Isn't that like part of the game? <laughs> mm-hmm. Sell some hobgoblin toys. We're fucking good. Then I, I don't know, dude. It was just like, <laughs> Raimi's just getting fucking like, he was tired probably. Dude, making mm-hmm. a movie, especially at this level, two mm-hmm. of them. Oh my God, dude. It's it's so much work, man. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I could see why he was kind of, he might have been going loony. Maybe this time. yeah. I mean, you would think with so much invested in the Peter and Harry storyline that they would have like put a lot more thought into what he was supposed to look like in this. And again, like this, we're kind of speaking as like comic fans knowing that he's called something Goblin. And when it comes to the actual course of the movie, there's not really anything else that like story wise that got ruined by his design, but. You just you have an expectation, especially given the fact that they're following the comics. Harry Osborn does become the Green Goblin, the second Green Goblin in the comics. You would think that they would just continue with the Goblin type type aesthetic, and instead we get this that we see here, where it's just some douche in goggles. You know, it looks like he's just hoverboarding. Like it doesn't just have the, the same effect at all. The orange looks more evil. It's like a little Halloween vibe because of the orange and the pumpkins again. It's just really fun, dude. Mm-hmm. This is like, I don't know, man. It's There's no goblin. There's no goblin yeah. aesthetic. It, it they looks like they had, a, I don't know, there's something a little fun about it, but it's nowhere near as good as Hobgoblin would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, we have more sculpts, potential sculpts for Venom. This is from Jeff Boccaccio. Uh, Picasso? Picasso. Uh, makes adjustments to an early version of the Venom sculpt, according to this caption from Dan. Um, so we could have looked at something a little bit uh, scarier, judging from what we yeah. can see on the teeth on the right. Jesus. Yeah, uh, so that's cool. So pretty cool. I'd love to see the final version of this, or maybe this is the final version. I'm not sure. They just never uh, painted it. But if they were just trying to get a look at a general idea, they might not have needed to. So the Venom suit... I would love for them to do practical, and it's one of those suits where you kind of forgive for doing, uh, you know, CG because of what that suit has to do. Right. But still, if it's just like Eddie Brock standing there, I don't know, dude. Just fucking make whatever looks like black tar or whatever shiny and give him a practical. Yeah. You know, and then add on, add on CG later. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever he has to do the tendrils and shit. <laughs> yeah, whenever That's, it has to move. Yeah, that's what I mean, you know, and even close if you have like close up of the venom teeth, mm-hmm. just fucking make that practical too, man. And yeah, you know, I don't know, like I just feel like the venom movies are kind of missing that mm-hmm. uh for CG, but you know, whatever. Right. It's at least at least their problems. Uh another sculpt as well of half Eddie, half uh, venom on there. This time with the aesthetic of some of the like Spider-Man webbing on there. Yeah, it's cool. Pretty cool. Zombie-ish. This looks a little bit more like Spawn to me. This looks like a comic book come to life, though, kind of. Mm-hmm. This guy's this is a really comic booky aesthetic. Mm-hmm. 90s comics. So this is from Kent Jones, who sculpted this. So, very Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Kent Jones also did this, along with Sandman in the background. That's cool. So, let's see. Moving fur- further, uh, Chrysor again, with this sort of Eddie and Venom transformation. It looks like they wanted to really see what that could look like. Um, probably because of like the first time we see Eddie put in contact with it, we kind of have this uh, visual of it taking him over, taking over his body. So like that's probably what they wanted to make sure they nailed down before they, uh, you know, before they moved on to just the general design. Or maybe they did both, probably. But 
this is also by uh, Boccaccio. Uh, it says doppelganger venom sculpt. Interesting. That is cool. That nice. is cool. I learned the word doppelganger from the Spider-Man cartoon. Oh yeah. When he when he uh, becomes the doppelganger with the six arms or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember where I first learned it. It was definitely before. I remember learning it before comic book stuff, but I don't remember where it was oh, really? from. Because they used that in uh, in the Flash CW show as like the way to uh, differentiate the different people among the, the multiverse. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure I knew it before then. Yeah. Well, Flash oh, well. is you're already an adult, right? You knew. Yeah, so I already you knew You knew it before then, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we have here from Chrysor, not just Eddie Brock, but like a study of the tendrils of the symbol mm. uh, down below. I feel like Raimi could have really leaned into the horror aspect more. Probably. Yeah. Like if he just had room for it. Yeah. Again, just save all of Eddie's stuff for the next movie. Yeah. Here we go. More Venom stuff, of course, from Chrysler. Uh Now a little bit more of, a little less of Eddie and more of Venom itself. Uh, more of the tongue and the... Uh, the teeth. Pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. No, I mean, no <laughs> I say this so much with the set with the Spider-Man <laughs> stuff, but yeah, nothing to say about this one. <laughs> also, nothing to say about this one. It's very cool. What can you yeah, say? No, Chrysler really nailed it with, with a lot of these. Yeah, uh, kind of see the uh, the Venom symbol on the the front and back. Uh, I don't think we really saw that well in the movie. It was kind of like kind of camouflaged in there so that's something they could have brought out more it's not as defined as like it is on my shirt it's still something missing from the hardy movies too because it's really? a venom without spidey yeah well that's, that's what happens when you fucking <laughs> try to do these spin-off movies without any spider-man if they want again if they want to bring back uh if sony wants a fucking banger they need to have hardy versus garfield bro yeah and make Maybe it even movie and make it you could probably make it like God, I'd like it for be rated R, but you know, probably will be rated PG thirteen. But do a do a, like mm-hmm. a, the Batman thing where it's like kind of right in the edge of rate of R right. rating. You know what yeah. I mean? That'll yeah. be sick. No, totally. More designs here. Um, interesting down below on the bottom because it almost just looks like musculature. I think that's kind of it's like a yeah. He just threw a musculature drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's a little less of the, uh, you know, the tongue and the sharp teeth, and now you just see sort of like the inside of a man. Yeah, <laughs> for better for better or worse, so, along with the oh, talents. Man. Yes. <laughs> All right. No, so. it's cool though. It's cool though. Pretty much. So. I don't know. Nothing else to say about that one. I can, uh, you know, we can say a lot about one drawing, but then a lot of these are just like, yeah, it's good, no problem. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah, how that's how it goes. It is cool to look at some of the. Uh, the concepts and, and see that it's something that was a little bit, maybe a little closer to the general comic book, book aesthetic was in the works. And they just kind of, for whatever reason, uh, went for something that was a little, I don't know, more muddled, I'd say. Like something that's not quite as, like if you, uh, you have a very clear image of Venom in your head with the comics and then you think of like this movie version of it and it's just like, you can kind of see him, kind of don't. Right. Uh, it's just not as clean of a design. Right. Uh, so moving further, this is another example of them playing around with different uh, different locations for a scene that I don't think made it into the movie. So this is Aunt May and Peter talking outside of the police precinct, presumably before or after finding out that uh, 
the Uncle Ben's killer is still around and is the Sandman now. So uh, this one is from Kasra Farhani uh, doing it for this location. And then uh, Jamie Rama did this location as like a different uh, police precinct. Um, so I'm not sure what the scene would have been, but we have uh, the idea of Aunt May and, and Peter talking out here. That's cool. Maybe it got moved to, because uh, there are other scenes between the two of them in like her place or Peter's mainly Peter's apartment. But uh, I don't know if that, that was a case where they just moved all the dialogue there rather than try to shoot a new location or uh, if there was just something else that was cut. Well, yeah. And this is on uh, similar lines. So uh, they considered Spider-Man 3 taking place during the winter, as we can see on the, uh, the image on the bottom where there's snow involved. Would have so, been sick. Uh, yeah, would have been cool. Also a good contrast, right, with the symbiote. The black on the white it's, snow. It's black and white. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of cool, actually. So, Kasra Farahani again uh, with this rendering. But uh, they didn't go with winter when it came to the movie. But it'd be cool to think what if. Again, I just think it's a cool visual with the snow. Uh, especially oh, the yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, they're always in summer or something or fall or something. Like, they've never been a Spider-Man movie in the winter, right? Kind of so. feels like that, yeah. Well, I mean, the end of No Way Home. Right, because uh, he's yeah. in the snow. But, like, it's... It's That's like, not the whole movie, though. Yeah, it's just it's just like the last fifteen minutes. Yeah. Uh, after that time jump, so. Uh, but yeah, when we return from the break, we will cover the rest of what we got here, including more looks at Sandman and more looks at Venom. Welcome everyone to the August announcements. We have a lot to uh, to share with you uh, coming up this month. So, let's get to it. As you know, we have a Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod uh, <laughs> we use the money for this towards you know our recording space at StreamYard that you've seen here in all our episodes you know our server our website you know our, our assistant Daniel Mott who does all the visuals and thumbnails for us so we are currently sitting at a little less than 200 a month right now we'd love to get to 300 a month which would cover everything for us from month to month um, if more people join the Patreon and we reach $300 a month in Patreon, we will celebrate that by covering one of our most requested episodes, Superman Lives, which would have been directed by Tim Burton and starring, as we see, Nicolas Cage. So that is our goal, to hit $300 a month on Patreon. You can be help us get there by joining any of the Patreon tiers at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod and, uh, you know, help us out a little over that. It'll be an absolute Superman Lives bonanza, multi-parter. Oh, yes. So, you, you know, <laughs> so you get your money's worth. Yeah, yes. we'll, don't worry. We'll go we'll cover the shit out of it. We yes. just want to get to that new goal. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you, everyone, who's already part of the Patreon as well. Uh, in the meantime, some uh, upcoming stuff that uh, you guys might want to be on the lookout for. I will have a guest appearance uh, this month on the podcast, Flashbacks, a Flash Rewatch podcast from one of our friends and Patreon patrons, Alex Ramsey. Uh, and we're going to discuss the Man in the Yellow Suit episode from season one, which was the very first appearance of the Reverse Flash on the CW show, at least the Reverse Flash in costume, since he was already kind of part of the show before that. But yes, that'll be uh, <laughs> what we cover. And uh, I'll likely be on Alex's Night of the Batman podcast at some point as well. But I'll let you guys know. All right. So, uh, moving forward, uh, you've heard about this before, but we'll repeat again. We are executive producers and co-stars in an award-winning now. It's an award-winning independent short film by Jeffrey Scott Richards, 
You can support the film over at the GoFundMe link that will be uh, in the description below as well as what's on screen. But you can also watch it now at the Multidimension Independent Film Festival website. Uh, that link will also be in the description, but you can check it out. It is a uh, It features pretty much us in an exclusive recording. It is a superhero stuff. Uh, you should know episode we recorded for the movie in which we talk about Derek Magnum, who in the short is a um, is a director of comic book movies. So we talk about Derek uh, in that and uh, kind of serve as the narrator and exposition through a superhero stuff you should know episode. So um, a great use of us, I think personally. So uh, check yes. that out over at uh, over at uh, basically the site is mdiff.net slash Derek hyphen magnum so uh that is what we got for it was uh, our shorts go ahead it was an honor to be part of this and mm -hmm. uh yeah if you could support them and support you know it's 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 just very expensive to make a movie and you know mm -hmm. uh yeah if you could just check out his gofundme that'd be great yeah and um and uh, thanks to thanks to him we are now award-winning producers executive producers yes <laughs> on stuff on our imdb but uh, yeah this sending the films through film festivals is uh not cheap so the GoFundMe goes towards the cost there, and, and it will support the movie. Again, it will go towards the movie, and it will go to Jeffrey. It will not go to us. We're good. We got our Patreon. Uh, so um, just to <laughs> yeah. clarify that. Yes, yes. Over to Andrew on you've got something big coming up this month. Okay, so speaking of, uh, you know, indie film, uh, and the future is, is Kickstarter, I feel like, an Indiegogo. So this is Metal Force. This is, uh, again... This is, think of R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things, a little bit of X-Files, uh, Green Room, that 824 horror film where Patrick Stewart is a, is a villain, is a neo-Nazi. No neo-Nazis in ours, but uh, <laughs> but there's a punk band in that movie and there's a metal band in ours. So that's another one I've been meaning to tell people. There's a little bit of Green Room in there. Anyway, Metal Force is a film I'm working on and... Uh, it's going to be, we're going to have a booth at Japan World Heroes Convention. That's in the Burbank Marriott Convention Center, August 18th through 20th. We will have a little bit of stickers and stuff to, to, that'll be on sale and um, just say, hey, and we're going to officially launch the Kickstarter then. Uh, Metalforce.ninja, www.metalforce.ninja. That is our website. That is our URL. If you go there, there's a Kickstarter link there as well. You can yeah, you can find the Kickstarter there and, and get on the pre-launch page and sign up for pre-launch uh, before we launch it on the 18th. And uh, so far, as of this recording, we got 75. So if you want to kick us up mm -hmm. into 100, uh, that'd be cool. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's uh, this is going to connect to the next slide, but it just feels like Hollywood has failed us. And so mm -hmm. I feel like kickstarter and uh indiegogo and gofundme and all these are just really great avenues for for filmmakers now and um you know like the bat and the sun guy's been doing it for a while a lot of people have been doing it mm -hmm. and i am gonna be part of that <laughs> so yes. with some friends mm -hmm. so so yeah stay tuned metal force if you like power rangers and stranger things did you ever wish power rangers got darker did you want blood? Did you want limbs being ripped off? Metal Force. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, moving on, we have our August charity that we'd like to share. Yes. Oh. 
So it's the Entertainment Community Fund. This is to help uh, starving artists. No, I mean, hopefully they're not starving. But, pe well, some of them might be. Uh, people that are affected by the strike. We're not all... I mean, personally, I am too. But I, I have another gig that's kind of helping me out. But there's some people that don't have that extra gig. And people that aren't part of the union that don't have the strike fund. The unions have a strike fund that helps help support them during that, which is great. I am pro union, but some other people, some other people, and people that I know also are affected by this that aren't part of the union. They don't get the strike fund money. So this entertainment community fund uh, helps to support them. So this is our charity for this month. Please go to entertainmentcommunity.org, and if you could donate anything. That would be great. Yep. For sure. So, yeah, please visit entertainmentcommunity.org. Donate what you can and help out those who uh, you know are part of so many of these movies and TV shows that uh, we talk about and that we know that you guys love. Yes. So I think that is it for the August announcements. Just wanted to announce that I have a new podcast called Gaming Gaiden. It's about Japanese to English translation in this first season. It will be 10 episodes each season. If you saw the ranking, every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you have seen Mike before. So yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general, Japanese cultural differences as well. And we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly, a.k.a. EGM. So stay tuned for Gaming Gaiden Podcast. It's already out now, y'all. I want to tell you about the Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. And on that, you get the $1 tier. Uh, you can join the $1 tier, which gets you the shout-out on the board, and either visually or orally, or both at times. Uh, <laughs> we want to do the oral uh, for the most part uh, for newer people. Uh, and then the $5 tier gets you a whole new show. Uh, this show is every Monday, as you well know, and it's free on YouTube and the What's Nots. And... Um, <laughs> The uh, Patreon show is every Friday at the $5 tier mark. You can, if you want, binge us for five mm -hmm. bucks. And uh, there's like 150 episodes, uh, almost 150 at this point. And you can, uh, you know, listen to all that content there. Even the stuff that's been released from the vault, none of that has been the full episode as well. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to keep our uh, $5 tier people happy. <laughs> so, um, mm -hmm. so, but yeah, check that out. And then our $10 tier gets you all of the above. Plus, a uh, it gets you a monthly meetup show where you meet up with us monthly. And it's like a Zoom-like call. And we have a topic at hand. Or sometimes videos we react to and things like that. And that's at the $10 tier. Um, every tier that you get like the $5 tier gets you the $1 tier benefits and the $10 tier gets you the $5 tier benefits and the $1 tier benefits. So mm -hmm. check that out at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. We also got the merch, which is Redbubble, superhousepod.redbubble.com and on threadless superhero stuff pod.threadless.com. 
Get your Ben Man and Indeed Wizard mug, shirt, shower curtains, and all the rest artwork by Stefan Santa Cruz. And please send us some audio at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. A bumper would be great. Mm-hmm. You too can be part of the show. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf Lives is my other YouTube channel, one of my many YouTube channels. And I have uh, also thunderwolfdrew.com has my whole portfolio in one place. And that's it, Ben. Follow us on social media on Twitter at Superhouse Pod, Instagram Superhero Stuff Pod, where we have some different supplemental stuff. We even I've even analyzed the martial arts stance that the Keaton ornament from the Flash is in, so you can check that out on our Instagram Superhero Stuff Pod, uh, TikTok Superhero Stuff Pod, Vero Superhero Stuff Pod. My website is BenWanWriter.com, where you can read a whole bunch of spec scripts, including Gotham Vampire Elementary, The Death of Sherlock Holmes. And Curb Your Enthusiasm, Disneyland. If you're fans of any of those shows, check them out and let us know what you think. My YouTube channel is in the description below, including Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, an audio drama I write, edit, and narrate with the 8th Doctor, meeting Miyamoto Musashi. My personal Instagram is Rider. If you like cats, my son, Alfie, my cat, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. And if you have an Alfie yourself, then you can get the Whisker Box, the only cat box with a crazy cat lady, and gent and you can even check out another page on that website superherostuffpod.com slash show notes that includes uh various show notes for each of our episodes links to the scripts that we review if they're available online amazon links to the stuff we've been talking about including you know brian levant's book that he plugged for us my life and toys so check that out at superherostuffpod.com slash show notes lord have mercy y'all do you like hounds do you enjoy pooches do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard, Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash SuperheroStuffPod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. Why do you smell like shit? We have returned to cover more of Spider-Man 3 and some of the uh, alternate takes or alternate uh, scenes here, including this one that I have pulled up here. So what is this? This is uh, apparently an idea where uh, in the movie, Spider-Man first meets Sandman when Sandman tries to hijack an armored car. And then after getting sort of absorbing the symbiote and wanting revenge on Sandman for killing his uncle, he goes after him in the subway where he thinks that he's killed him. Now, what this concept art apparently done by uh, Jamie Rama was supposed to show was the idea that uh, they were going to, at some point, combine both sequences that, I guess, Spider-Man would face off against Sandman in the armored car, and then it would lead to the uh, subway sequence where they fight off against each other and, uh, you know, Spider-Man turns Sandman into mud. So uh, what we have here is the overturned truck in the background. You see a body, hopefully an unconscious, not a dead a uh, guard there, and then you've got Eddie Brock taking pictures down below uh, in the open grate leading into the subway where Spider-Man's going to be fighting against Sandman. So uh, this specific type of shot was not in the movie, but uh, it's interesting to see that they were playing around with ideas of combining scenes here. That's cool. I was just wondering if Sandman's ever turned into diamonds. <laughs> in the 
I think in the Cameron script he did that. Did he really? I, yeah, but that was how he killed him. <laughs> I think that's how Spider-Man. Oh killed him. yeah, one big <laughs> ass diamond. Electro, electro, the electro in that electrocutes the Sandman, and that turns him into like diamond. Oh my god! Or glass yeah, it's or just, something. Yeah, it's just a good visual for a mm-hmm. sand, for sand, right? Sand, yeah. like a, it's a huge, uh, you know, transformation. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Uh, this apparently was also the idea of uh, Harry turning himself into the Goblin in Oscorp. And once again, in the middle, you can see the goblin mask that Defoe wore. Yeah, uh, but just he decides do it. not to wear it. <laughs> he decides not to wear it. Uh, so this is uh, Kazra Farahani again doing this, and this is in the lab. But they decided to change it and make it uh, the lair inside of Harry's apartment, which I guess makes sense considering that that's where we left off in Spider-Man 2, where he finds all the goblin gear inside his apartment. So mm. uh, this is James Carson who did this version here. Yeah, cool. No notes. Again, architectural stuff. I, you know, mm-hmm. generally I'm kind of more lenient, I guess. I don't know what it is. Right. Uh, well, there's more architectural stuff. There's the setting yeah. of your favorite scene. This is the jazz club. Oh, God. Yeah, to make skip, sure that they did concept past it. this. No, it's just, didn't you think, like, this is unbelievable? Like, I was... It's just like, what kind of choice is this? Like, like why? They wrote yeah, they this did down. The they, they thought it the was good. Yeah. They thought this was the move in several script readings. Mm-hmm. Fucking Maguire had to rehearse this for, I don't know, at least a week. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, dude. It was just like, what the fuck, man? I could have done without the whole dance sequence. Because the whole point of it was him bringing Gwen Stacy over there because he's a fucking jerk now and trying to make MJ jealous, and then him hitting MJ, which is... You don't need a dance number for all that. You don't need a dance number for all that. You could literally... (laughs) He brings Gwen over there. MJ, you know, is all pissed and stuff, and he or Peter, you know, is pissed about her lack of reaction, and then they get into a fight, and then he literally hits her, and he realizes what he's become, and then he goes off to the church to, you know, take off the symbiote. That's all you really need. You don't need a huge dance sequence in the middle of that. No, it's the stupidest shit. It's like, dude, this. What else in comic book movie history is this dumb? <laughs> People would say the back credit card, but that was only two seconds. Back credit card is only two seconds. This is a whole sequence. Right. Right? I don't Maybe know, the man. bat nipples because it's the whole movie. Yeah, but that's Maybe just this a, this is a design feature. That's not a scene. Yeah, so, like, this is this the worst? Let us know in the comments section. Again, I'm sure look. People will have arguments for other stuff. We worship at the altar of Raimi here on this podcast, but we skip we skip this jazz service. <laughs> <laughs> Moving further, this is cooler. So this is Spider-Man going after Sandman in, in the subway by Oliver Scholl. I like the style of this. This is an old school black and white like horror movie sort of look to it. This is so ambient and full of atmosphere, man. Like mm-hmm. a lot of... Superhero movies don't have this. It would be very good in a Batman movie, too, to have something like this. But, right. uh, yeah, it's very cool. I don't know how they would have interpreted this for Raimi Spider-Man, but it's it's cool. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Uh, more of Chrysler with Venom. Again, Sick. we've got the webbing, um, which I get it. Maybe it's just carryover from Spidey's suit. It just doesn't seem to make sense because at least in the when it's on Peter, right? Like it's just attaching itself to the existing Spider-Man suit. So like I mm-hmm. could understand that, but why it would carry over into Eddie, I don't know. I think it's I think it's the memory of the symbiote and it's mimicking the what it just copied. Mm-hmm. Uh 
you know, because I mean, how I don't know what kind of explanation they have for the Venom symbol. It just looks cool. And I, f- I feel like maybe sure. there's some internal logic there. If you really want to fucking stretch it, it's because, mm-hmm. again, it's trying to remember. It's doing an interpretation of what it thinks Spider-Man is, remembering those powers. Because why? how else can, you know, Venom shoot webs? He shoots webs in most of the fucking um, interpretations, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. So it's like... Like that's kind of the whole deal, I think. So I I think that's the explanation for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is different ideas in terms of the final battle. The first one at the top was like, what if this was set at during the day? And the second one on the bottom is, what if it was set at night? And of course, they went with the night version, which okay. is you know makes sense. That's how the other two movies had sequences at night. It just feels more climactic that way. I think. Oh, definitely. Uh, so James Carson did that one. Uh, this is another one. It says, production illustrations can often be used to inspire an approach to lighting a set long before the set is actually constructed. So this looks like it's, again, Flint Marco, the Sandman, like in the sewers with uh, his loot from both Khosrow Farahani and James Carson here. So uh, a little hard to make out, but uh, that's kind of just here for atmosphere stuff, I can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we got this cool shot from James Carson of a little bit more traditional symbiote uh, Spider-Man looking over the city. Uh, as we can see here, it's a little closer to the comic uh, with the white symbol on the back and without the the webbing. Because uh, yeah. in, in the comic, it kind of just forms its own. Because uh, it, for those who aren't familiar or who are familiar with Venom but aren't familiar with the arc where Spider-Man first had the symbiote, it kind of just looked like a good Venom. Like, he kind of just looked like Venom as Spider-Man. He, he didn't have the <laughs> teeth and, and the tongue, but he did have, like, the... You know, the white eyes and the big white chest symbol on it, but the rest of him, like, it didn't have the webs and stuff. That's something that the movie did. Mm. So Carson's just following the comic for this image. Venom didn't shoot webs on his own before this movie. So I'm, I'm uh, only I think familiar with the Donny Cates stuff. Yeah, right? I yeah, I think he did. did. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Because he's just, he, cop- he just didn't have the webbing. On. Yeah, but he didn't have the web webbing on his costume. On, oh, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other concept illustrations by James Carson of the big web in the fi- in the finale. Uh, so that is cool with the, with the bus in there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Sandman's hammer hand. <laughs> it says hammer hand study. <laughs> so there's a lot of hammer hand studies. This is from Chrysler. Uh I think the next one's from Chrysler too. Uh, with <laughs> the face being like half human, half sand like, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, more of Eddie getting transformed by the symbiote. Again, more of that horror aspect that uh, Raimi has a little bit of in the movie, but could have gone even further with if uh, he had a whole movie of Venom and if he liked the character better, I guess. Mm-hmm. More of this new goblin. He's not really a new goblin. He's just a skater dude. Uh, and then more, <laughs> more versions of... I think this is from James Carson again. Yeah, this is more versions of the, uh, the castle that uh, Flint turns into. Uh, for his daughter in that deleted scene. Okay. Uh, of course, we have a more traditional one on the right, but the, the other two uh, are cool too. But I think he would have like cycled through different ones. That's how we would kind of know it was him when we saw mm. that, since we're supposed to think that Spider-Man killed him at this point. Uh, more of uh, this is the sequence where they're looking over uh, Sandman's origin, or the, I guess they, they figured out there was a guy in there the whole time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so there's this shot and then, uh, this was interesting to me. So 
Sandman's first crime as the Sandman was hijacking an armored car. But in this concept art, it looks like he would have robbed the actual bank. He would have actually gone inside the bank. Uh, as we can see here, where he's trapping the, the guards and filling it up with sand to, I guess, try to kill them. Um, and uh, this is another look at the bank, bank vault with a lot of sand on the floor. So an alternate sequence, I guess, of uh, another way for him to debut as the Sandman. And we got this like gold vault thing in the middle of the uh, in the middle of everything, which also could have been interesting. But yeah, it all sort of points to a different version of the debut. I think they were just playing around with what would be cool, but ultimately the armored car thing won out because I guess they could they figured they could mix a like car chase sort of thing with the Sandman fight. Yeah, could be more dynamic. I, yeah. I think that was the that was the right move. I think also too there was already a bank heist in the second one with Doc Ock. Oh right, so that's true. Like, yeah, we don't need to do this again. With the like money symbol on the bag, yes. like it's fucking like a cartoon. <laughs> that yes. I was like, damn, they really did the whole fucking cartoon aspect of this really mm-hmm. well. <laughs> that was amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scrooge see. McDuck gonna show up next. <laughs> you know, should just had Doc Ock dive into the gold. <laughs> I always wanted to try that, but when you think about it, dude, it'd be hard. It'd be hard as it was metal. Oh, it'd be hard you as would a break rock. your neck. The, the, yeah. there's the, I've seen some YouTube parodies of that where Scrooge McDuck dies on impact. Yeah, yeah. He dives in. Man, it, it captured every kid's imagination though back then. I know. Uh, this is Peter hanging out with Aunt May's friends. I don't the Golden Girls the looks like we got Blanche and the rest of them. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend, Peter. <laughs> yeah. So this is him guest. Star- yeah, he's totally guest starring on on Golden Girls in this. <laughs> I mean, that's good. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, some concept art of the armored car, just kind of using a lot of Photoshop, it looks like, because this mm-hmm. guy is definitely from a stock photo <laughs> that they just kind yeah. of threw in there. Yeah, size reference, um, maybe. Spider-Man in the middle of a web. Um, I think he was... I mean, he does have a kissing sequence with MJ in a web, but that's as Peter. Um, but maybe, <clears throat> yeah, this is just an idea. Because if I enlarge this, I'm trying to get a closer look. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that is... That does that is probably supposed to be MJ, because there's a girl. Okay. There. I wasn't sure. <laughs> it was so small. I could, I could see him over somebody, but I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's her. Uh, more. This looks like it's either Eddie fighting the symbiote or it's Peter trying to take off the symbiote. Uh, in the the church bell sequence. Very also cool. Also, Chrysor. Uh, another cool look at Venom. Yep. Very. And this for sure. Yeah, this is for sure Peter trying to take it off at this point. Mm-hmm. They probably just wanted to take a look at how that should look like as well when it came to this yeah. type of art. Probably not, because these are like kind of photo, except for this one, these are fo- photorealistic drawings. So Yeah, yeah, yeah Chrysler's wanna, yeah, style helps. Yeah, they want to see what exactly that looked like, because it had only been rendered in comic book style until this, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man versus Venom as well on this. This is from the Venom site. Uh, that had some of this uh, Chrysler again, but a little bit more comic booky. Uh, Does he do a move more, like that in the in the third act? I don't remember that. I don't remember this part either. Let us know in the comments. I haven't seen it since 2007. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it since 2021, and I don't even remember that part. I'm just like, mm, maybe. Get I remember them fighting, but I don't remember this part. So that's uh, what makes so yeah. Venom cool, because he like can. 
he, he can does do all those kind, those kind of moves, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've got a symbiote taking over Spider-Man's costume again. Uh, battle damage Spider-Man for the finale. More Venom, of course. This is closer to what we get in the movie. Right, where like the eyes aren't as like visible, you got the webbing. Like it just it looks more complicated compared to like the cleaner, simple Todd McFarlane design in the comics. Yeah. That's iconic. Yeah. Uh skater dude, Osborne. <laughs> Moving on. Just, yeah, not great, man. That was I think that's like the weakest part of the that design's oh, like the, design. the weakest part of the movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, Spider Man versus Sandman and Venom at the same time for the finale. Like why go why go uh you know try to be a little bit more realistic and believable when you got a Sandman you got a Venom <laughs> you got a Spider like just fucking make the guy Hobgoblin be done with it yeah I know right he's, he's already he's had kinda, a Goblin he's out of place at this point you know with fucking all the rest of these <laughs> rest of these fucking characters yeah exactly I don't know uh, Peter and MJ hanging out this is originally I guess them sitting under a tree as opposed to being in the trees in a webbing. Like in the movie, but this is where the meteor shower happens, and uh, you know, the meteor with the symbiote arrives. Indeed, so, this makes sense. Uh, this looks to be part of the Sandman origin. Maybe he's okay. caught in the middle of the collider thing. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. cool art. I like this though. Colorful. Um, yes, yeah, Spider-Man webbing in to help rescue people and all the and uh, all the webs that I think Venom has created. So. This is, yeah, the taxi cab that MJ's in. Yep, very cool. And, and then I think this is where Eddie abducts MJ because you can see him in the background. And I don't think that's supposed to be Peter <laughs> just creeping out in the back. I could have just had, like, the half the movie like this and no other bad guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like just evil Eddie, you know. Yeah. And Eddie becoming, like, his, you know, his villain. I don't know. It would have been right cool, where like half the like half the movie is him under the influence of symbiote and like kind of being a jerk, and the second half is him trying to make up for it. But he's already pissed off Eddie Brock, who's now has the symbiote and is now the the villain of the movie. But like for the first half of the movie, Peter's almost the villain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they want to show what it does to people, but I feel like that was just so extended. Like mm-hmm. have him like be evil for like a scene, and then he. He drops it and then it goes to Eddie or something. It was just such a long part of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. As far as what I remember, you know, maybe I could see it again. I'll change my mind, but uh, you know, whatever. When we all know, most most people agree this is the weakest one. So we're kind of mm-hmm. just preaching to the choir in a lot of ways on this. Mm-hmm. The death of Harry. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a beautiful shot too. We've got the uh, you know sunrise in the background while uh, Harry's forgiving them. So. Uh, it's uh, it's a poignant look, but this is you know rendered in concept art. This is how they originally envisioned it. So this whole movie is about forgiveness. Yeah, I forgot everything, dude. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's what's so such a powerful theme of it. That's why I'm just like, yeah. There's there's a lot more to this than jazz hands. Jazz hands is just for like <laughs> you know, like ten minutes at the most. Twenty fucking minutes. <laughs> it's, it is. It's literally ten minutes. I timed it when I last saw it because I was oh, like, oh, this is okay. not that big of a part of a movie. It's the most notorious part of the movie, but most of the movie is Peter wanting revenge on Sandman and Harry wanting revenge on Peter, uh, which then ends with, with him guess, forgiving bro. Sandman and, and Harry forgiving him here at the end. Uh, Venom's just kind of an afterthought. He's just kind of like, well, he's the dude who doesn't get forgiven and he doesn't forgive anybody and he just shows up and he dies. And that's it. Great. So they, 
they shortchanged him. But uh, that's why I'm like, ideally, with this this type of story they want to tell, you save Eddie for the fourth one. Then, uh, right? You can still have the symbiote there. Uh, right. You, know, you build up that that's bad news, and then the ending is Eddie getting it, and then the fourth one is Eddie's the villain as Venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a look at uh, this is a look at sort of the Venom traditional Venom that they were playing around with. That's uh, cool. This almost looks practical. This is a CG though, right? I feel like this is just a maquette though. A maquette. Oh, it's a yeah. maquette. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's yeah, a guy in a suit. This would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a little closer to what we would end up getting. Ugh. Movie. Not as good. Not as good. Not it as doesn't as cover good. his mouth ever because they want to show off his teeth. It's always like that. I forgot how yeah, that Yeah, I think worked. it's kind of like that. Yeah, like it's or, or like this. Like it's never as clean as this. Like this is just clean. Very simple, simplistic. I don't know why they had to complicate this shit like this. It looks just not good, man. I mean, to the Hardy movie's credit, they do look more like the other picture. Mm-hmm. It's like pretty yeah. close, other than the the symbols gone. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's okay. Yeah. Once he fights uh, uh, Garfield and gets a taste of the of the Spider Man suit, finally, mm-hmm. we'll we'll be talking. Yeah, it's Sony's right. easiest we'll fucking move, dude. If does Sony want money? <laughs> Do they actually want fucking money? Like, it's not like they don't have the rights to Spider Man or Venom. <laughs> They got yeah. a Venom. They got a Spider-Man. They got a willing Garfield Spider-Man still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could it go seems darker. Like he would exist in that universe. Go darker than the MCU. That's how you separate it from the MCU stuff. And mm-hmm. bada bing, bada boom. There you go. That's easy. Come on. Do you yeah. want? Do, it's like as easy as fucking this. It's actually easier than the Deadpool and Wolverine movie. Like that's mm-hmm. another dream. That's a dream movie being made. Spider-Man right. versus Venom only. No other fucking people. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. I don't know. It's just it's it's yeah. some it's one of those things. It's just like so obvious to the fans. I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not in charge. We're not in charge. I need to take my fucking notes. Yeah. Because it's a practical so this is the suit last here. One, yeah, this is what looks like a practical suit in the making. I don't think it's literally anybody. I think it's just a maquette or or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or it's on a mannequin uh, or a mannequin they devised for it. But this has been going around and it's it looks like it's Sam Raimi looking at this. And this, I mean, it looks literally ripped from the comic, you know, of the yeah. of how Peter looked after Secret Wars when he got the symbiote on him. And um, for whatever reason, they're just like, nah, let's not do this. <laughs> let's just do the Spider-Man outfit, but in black. <laughs> so, right. oh, well. But yeah, that is what we got for the uh, Spider-Man 3 concept art uh so looks like a lot scarier versions of venoms where it was in the works could have been a lot better in that way um and uh, a few deleted scenes that we didn't get to see but uh, i know that there's like a campaign as well to release the raimi cut of this because there are deleted scenes but most of them are in if not all of them are in the novelization that i read uh, back in 2007 and it doesn't really it doesn't really do much in my opinion, like there's barely yeah. anything. They're just they're, like stuff is a little bit more developed and that's about it. Like Sandman and his daughter, a little bit more developed. Um, but that's about it. It's not like that dramatically different of a story from what I remember. People might correct me and, and say I'm wrong and have reasons why you prefer the, uh, you know, the scenes or, or want this cut going out there. But as far as I've seen, I'm like, this is not a Snyder cut, Schumacher cut, air cut type of situation. It just seems like a few scenes were cut and people were kind of just jumping on the uh, 
bandwagon just because they heard that a few things were deleted. But that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be that much better of a movie. Right. If anything, things should have been cut from this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know, right? That's how I think, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying? Oh, uh, we had our like round, like uh, end of the uh, end, like end of the episode and impressions and Pretty all much. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of set them throughout the throughout the thing. Um, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this, more than the other episodes we've done, was just kind of like shots of the buildings and like establishing shots or whatever and architectural stuff. So that was kind of, I kind of noticed that during the whole thing. The uh, what you call it, the um, super realistic Venom shots were great. Uh, mm-hmm. I just love, I love Venom's look. I think he's really cool. And I think it's part of the reason, well, I didn't, I didn't, Donnie Cates didn't even fucking write his run at this point, but like, I don't know, just, I just feel like they could have done, they could have done Venom better. The other two, mm-hmm. other two movies only had one villain each, right? So like, just keep that going. Mm-hmm. You know, it just felt a little bit overcrowded. Jazz hands, terrible also. As we all know, but uh, it's just, I can't forgive it, dude. Um, but yeah, I might have on a McGuire night again and watch them all. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, this has mm-hmm. made me made me think about it. I I didn't know until we did these these episodes that you had rewatched the other two quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, just don't. I don't rewatch things a whole lot. I'll watch. Mm-hmm. I'll rewatch the Karate Kid like once a year and My Cousin Vinny, another Ralph Macchio movie like mm-hmm. once once a year and i i don't know i don't really rewatch cuz there's so much other shit i've never seen man like sure. you know i just i don't know i just don't rewatch a whole bunch it's the it's the same reason why you you know occasionally rewatch karate kid or, or my cousin vinny it's like it's it's one of those it's one of those movies that um, i like revisiting and you feel good when you yeah. watch it and it's yeah. just, it it's a it captures that sort of ditko spider-man in a way that i just don't feel like has been captured in any of the other versions, even though I still like the other versions. Um, and I think Spider-Man's always kind of been well cast. Um, but just the way that this was done, man, and the way that Raimi did the trilogy, uh, yeah, the third one could have been better, but it's, you know, the first two are pretty solid, and the third one is mostly a solid movie outside of, you know, like overcrowded villains and jazz hands. But outside <laughs> of that, I think it's it's got some solid, you know, thematics to it and a solid character arc. And I really... What I appreciated about it was it took a creative risk with the Peter and MJ relationship after it being mm. so built up that like oh he he has to get together with her and it's like it's not happily ever after and and the ending scene of this is very interesting to me because there's no like triumphant like oh he swings off a Spider Man and MJ kisses him and stuff it's like they're they reunite in that jazz club and they just dance and there's no dialogue and it's just like, well, it's kind of up in the air that they have to sort of repair what's been broken. Oh, that's like and the that's last it. shot of the movie or something? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I remember that now. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was kind like, of... Um, a lot more, yeah, because it's not as easy. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you, you weren't yourself and I forgive you now for everything. It's, it's literally just like, okay, we, you know, we, things have, trust has, some trust has been broken. We've gone through a lot of stuff. Whether or not they get through it, we don't know, and that's kind of how it ends. And I and I thought that was right. I appreciated the realism of that. That is a very cool way to end it. But that's another superhero dancing sequence, dance like a little <laughs> dance number. That's not jazz hands, but like like Steve and um and Ancient Carter, Peggy, Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. like at the end. But the Peggy and Steve thing was like 
really uh, well done, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was like... Well, it's also a I, clear happy ending. Clear happy ending, and like, I've never seen like, you know, somebody stick the landing so well in such a big production like Avengers three and four. That's another fucking um thing, another another episode. But yeah, I was just thinking about that recently. But anyway, back to Spider Man three. Um, you're selling me a little bit more on it. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably end up watching him again at some point. Yeah. So yeah, check check it out. Uh, know that there's a lot more to it than just uh, emo Tobey Maguire and all the all the bully <laughs> Maguire memes uh, that are out there. Because it, again, it's only really ten minutes out of like a two and a half hour movie, uh, because so much of it is built around these other themes. I I, I still think they could have just made it Harry as the Goblin and made that better. Maybe with him dealing with the symbiote. Um, Maybe have this like I, again. I like the Sandman aspect because of the whole forgiveness thing. It still ties in thematically to that. You would mainly just save Eddie for the the next one, uh, but just having it be about uh, the cycle of forgiveness after all the cycle of re- revenge, um, and ending it the same way with them in in that dance club would have been, I think, a solid way. And then paving the way for like a fourth one where you could explore more of the actual Venom stuff. I think that would right. be the way to go. But uh, yeah. we'll see what the actual Spider-Man 4 could have been next week because we're preparing that. Going back to the unmade stuff. This has, been a, three, this has been a three-parter lead-up to uh, Spider-Man 4 that people have been asking about. And it's like, well, the main stuff I got on Spider-Man 4 is concept art, so we should cover the other ones first. And now here we are. So you guys can look forward to that next week. But until then, that is superhero stuff you should know. Big thanks to Dan for gathering the visuals for the YouTube experience and all the different concept art and uh, letting us know who did what. Uh, You guys can check out more of the concept art in the Patreon as we usually have uh, deeper dives or stuff that I've saved uh, for behind the paywall, stuff that's a little bit more obscure or or other things, other aspects to talk about, or things that we might have missed uh, that we add in like a week later when we release it. So uh, (laughs) just some inside scoop for there. Uh, let's uh, dive into some of the comments. So I did want to honor comments acknowledging uh, the loss of Matt Herring. Uh, and wanted to thank you guys for that. So the first one is from Kendarius Dupree uh, saying RIP to Matt. If I were Thor, I'd say that he fought valiantly and honorably. May he rest well in the halls of Valhalla. But since yes, I'm not, thank you. I'll still say may he rest in peace and prayers to his loved ones. It's funny you say that because I do think he referenced Valhalla once or twice to me. So that's cool. Thanks, Kandarius. So you nailed yeah. it on the head for that one. Yeah. Uh, next one comes um, from Stanwood. Uh, we brought Stanwood. I know I just commented on a Stanwood comment last time, but we brought it back uh, because of this. So first I want to say that I'm sorry for all who knew Matt. I remember always saying a silent prayer when you would mention him in the early episodes. Sorry for your loss, guys. Sure, he will continue to listen and be proud of your work. Yeah, Thanks, Stan. Man. Yeah, that uh, sucks. With regard to Spider-Man 2002, I saw this in the theater 18 times. Bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> 18, my man, my guy? That's a lot. Uh, I've, I've never much? seen a movie that... So the, now that we're... I'm just going to say this real quick since we're on the subject. Mm-hmm. Yep. The movie I've seen the most in the theater is There's Something About Mary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like no one else has ever done this. My dad and I, I guess I had nothing to do that summer. I don't know what it was. I was a kid, probably like 12 or some shit. I love Farley movies, you know, like Dumb and Dumber and everything. My dad did as well. And we saw that movie nine times in the theater. Nine. 
anybody else in the world see there's something about Mary nine times in the theater, let me know uh, mm-hmm. or more. Because I feel like we have the world record on that one. Uh, <laughs> anyway, continue, please. So Stan saw it 18 times. Just He said, just so I could watch it with my friends who didn't get the chance. Got a lot of friends. <laughs> he had a lot of friends, and, and he strategically spaced it out so they couldn't watch it together. He's like, no, no, no. I just <laughs> I want to see this. Again. <laughs> 18. What movie have you seen the most yeah. in the theater? Uh, not much. Like uh, Most I've seen a movie twice in the theater. You never go a third time? Mm, no. Really? really. No. Well, there's no reason to now. To. Especially so, now, yeah. Especially now, we're just like, it's going to be on streaming anyway. <laughs> you can catch up again. Um, I know. But, yeah, like, um, Begins, Man, just Dark two. Knight, I, I, the, the Batman I've seen twice. I saw Man of Steel probably three times. I saw Dark Knight four. I saw Avengers one four times. Usually, if it's if I really like it, I'll, four maybe. Mm-hmm. Nine, very much the exception to the rule. Uh, <laughs> but okay. if it was back anyway. in the days where it would be like an event when it finally came out on home video, like a year later, then like I I could see myself do that with yeah you know, the Batman stuff in the past. But since that that window has kept getting you know shorter and shorter, now it's just like you mainly go to see stuff so you don't get spoiled on shit online. Or anything else you might just be interested in because you're bored. Uh, and then she's like, all right, well, maybe I'll rewatch it again if I like it enough when it hits Max or, uh, you know, Netflix yeah. or Hulu or any of these places. Like, it's just, it's not as special anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 you know, I love all the Marvel movies, but I think I've only seen most of those one time, too, in the theater, dude. Like, I've bought a couple on Blu-ray, but never, never really put them in. Mm-hmm. my blu-ray player so i don't know it's just how it is a lot of the times i think late, black panther's lately. the only one that i did i did twice mm-hmm. I, think and about I, it. I, I love no way home but i feel like it's a it's a big movie to big chunk of a film to kind of you can't watch i don't know you have, i can't watch that casually mm-hmm. i can't just yeah. have it on that's another reason why i don't rewatch it is because i do not i usually like focus just on that movie I mean, I'm looking at my phone a little bit here and there, but I'm, sure. well, I'm not like up and cleaning. I'm not doing a bunch of other shit. I'm usually like kind of focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could be like that too. I think it depends on the movie too. Like I, I usually reserve, if it's something where people are just like, eh, like you should watch it because of this reason, but it's not that great of a movie, then I'll be like, all right, that's one where I'm like, I have on in the background. But then if it's like yeah. something that is like critically acclaimed, then I'm just like, all right, well, I'm good. I'm reserving that for when I can sit down, absorb this thing. So mm-hmm. I think it depends. Uh, so Stan said, interestingly, last weekend a local theater played the film. I assume this was your 18th time, Stan. Um, it was actually packed with young and old. Best part was that the audience reacted just as they had in 2002. Cheers and clapping. The film still holds up and definitely sets the standard. Another great episode. Thanks, Stan. Woo! Nice. Thanks, wow. Stan. 18 times. So crazy, Jeez. dude. I, I still can't get over that. Uh, next one's from uh, Jackson Wayne Putnam. What's up, Jackson? You had a lot of comments on uh, Spider-Man stuff. Couldn't get to all of them because there's a lot there, but I picked this one. Um, so Jackson said he loves the head horn that came out of translating the Goblin's purple hood in the first movie. Uh, he said it always felt like a bit of an HR... Uh, Geiger. It's Geiger, Geiger, right? Not Geiger. I always think Geiger. I know uh, it's it's. I was saying Geiger for the longest time, but yeah. I have come to find find out that it is Geiger. Yeah. So Geiger influenced me. Yeah, I can see that, especially with the uh, you know the xenomorph. 
mm-hmm. and I think it ties into Norman's worldly affinity for sacred tribal mass and such. In universe, it could be an influence from the ancient Mayan practice of elongating the skull. And Bro. here's a uh, quote that he has here. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, just the elongated skull. It's so, mm. you know, don't want to judge other cultures, but I think it made the people crazy <laughs> from what I heard. Like, it, well, I, I don't, don't know, man. This. Yeah. All right, go so, ahead. Sorry about that. The person with the elongated head was considered wise and closest to the spirit world. Interestingly, in Basque, Basque culture? Basque. Uh, but that's that's in, Basque, this yeah. is in Europe, in, in Basque. Yeah. But uh, maybe that's something uh, similar. There are also references to these men, los gen- gentiles, 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 endowed of superhuman strength, who moved large stones to distant places and were the builders of megalithic monuments, like Stonehenge uh, and shit. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. Basque is an area in Spain, but I'm sure, like most of Europe, they had like a pagan past. So their their language, I. Their language isolate too. It's interesting. Like, there's not many. Like, Basque is not Proto-Indo-European. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, they're interesting in that regard. They have no no connection to Spain, even though they're surrounded by Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. That's cool, though. I mean, I, I love the quote. I yeah. love that kind of stuff. Uh, it says, and it helps with the aerodynamic aspect of his flight suit. I love that there's. I mean, it might not even be intentional, but uh, let's assume it is, right? Like, I love that there's both a symbolic thing and a functional thing. If it's just yeah. a functional thing, it can kind of just be dull. I mean, just look at Harry's outfit in uh, Spider-Man 3, right? Like, boring. it's functional, sure, but it's boring as fuck. Like, here, like, you mix the goblin aesthetic with the functional, with symbolism, and it works really well. Uh, yeah. So, Jackson says there's a function that kind of goes along with it, like those weird, long, weird helmets some bike racers use. There's that even more true. mask concept art out there for the movie, and they really lean into the cultural mask influence. Nice. Very cool. Nice. Thanks, Jackson, for this. Mm-hmm. Sorry we couldn't get to the others, but we would be here all day if that was the case. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Right. That's cool. On to the shout outs. All right, everybody. Thank you. Uh, please put tit in your name. And uh, we would like <laughs> to thank um, everybody up on the board. Uh, I've done it so many times, but I don't want to. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Tita, Sketch, Sketchcraft, <laughs> Kyle B, Darren P, Devin, Tit Belt, Renee V, JPF, and Devin S. Also, Carlos um, R. Good meeting Car- you. I'll add Carlos you to this one. R. I about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. And everybody else, of course, try to name just the most recent people. That's why I do that. And Tit is just funny. Uh, and I want to thank the other supporters as well. Uh, Kooky Noms, let us know if you're still listening to us. <laughs> okay. Um, She's back on Instagram. So. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned her a couple of times because she was like really prevalent in our comments and stuff kind of earlier on in our podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, that is it. Thank you guys, everybody here up on this here board. And uh, we've told you about our friends here and we'd like you to do us a favor. We want you to tell all your friends about us. Oh yeah, that's that's a that's a Batman thing. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> jazzy hands. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs>